everyone is contributing to the bigger picture, though they may not see it in their lifetime. And if they burn out, then there's really greatly lessened possibility to achieve what they uh, what they set out to do. Welcome to the Be Change Podcast. We're your hosts, Warren Goldstein-Gelb. And Marcy Goldstein-Gelb. This podcast is for leaders and emerging leaders who care about social change and about how to make a great difference in the world. The podcast explores strategies, tools, and stories to help you strengthen your social change and nonprofit leadership skills. On September 12, 2015, after more than a year of planning and developing the Be Change podcast, I had a stroke that nearly killed me. But even after recovering, I wasn't in a position to pursue my dream of releasing the Be Change podcast on my own. Fortunately, my wife, Marcy, has joined me as a partner. So we decided to dedicate today's podcast to taking a look at the connection between Warren's experience of recovery with the mission of the Be Change podcast. I think we need to start at the turning point in your life when you had your stroke to give us some context for this discussion. So tell us about the experience you had leading up to the stroke and up to the point where you were out of, you were awake. Well, I guess I first noticed the stroke with my hand shaking. We walked over to Dunkin' Donuts on September 12th. My surprise was that when I tried to grab a cup of coffee, my hand was shaking. And I tried to hide that from you as we walked home. And the next thing I knew, we were driving over to the hospital. You felt fairly certain that it was a stroke, although you didn't re reveal it to me at the time. And then we were finally at Mount Auburn Hospital, and we were in the emergency room. And that's pretty much what I remember. I, uh, well, the nutshell was, I didn't actually know it was a stroke, but I knew it was something bad because it was the entire side of your body not working well. And so when we arrived at the hospital, I knew that something had to take place very quickly, but we ended up being asked a lot of questions and I didn't want to be rude and especially in front of you because I know how polite, you know, you are and I didn't want to be obnoxious and say we need treatment immediately, but I was very anxious and then I saw a sign on the wall that said if you have any of these symptoms including the right side numbness then you need immediate action. And so I saw a nurse and said, we really need immediate action. And all of a sudden the SWAT team came out. Um, and unfortunately, when they used the most common medication called TPA to treat a stroke, uh, the side effect is bleeding and you had a very severe bleeding and ended up in an ambulance to Mass General and in an intensive care for multiple weeks. Um, what was your experience sort of waking up after having had this uh, pretty horrible situation? I don't remember Mass General at all. I begin to have some faint memories as I got in the uh, ambulance that was ultimately going to take me to Spalding Rehab in Charlestown. Well, I think one thing that's sort of noteworthy, and, I, and I'd be interested in your perspective since, again, this whole podcast is about change. I was told very early on that I needed to view your stroke and recovery as a marathon and not a race. And I had no idea what that meant. For me, every day I was obsessed with watching and making sure that you were getting all the treatment you needed. 
Um, I didn't know what it meant to be a part of a marathon. And then for you, you were in therapy for multiple months from, uh, I guess, October until March. So I'm interested a little bit in your experience, basically devoting your entire world, your entire life to therapy and to recovery when you were used to a completely different pace of change. Yeah, it's interesting that you should say that because this other patient said to me, she's been in therapy for, I think, eight years, and she's had a lot of positive change on the right side of her body. And she said, you have to let go of stuff happening at any fast pace. And when you let go, you'll get some recovery. And that's kind of a summary of the Be Change podcast, in a sense, in that you have to think about change, but it's for the long term. And in fact, the actions that you take for the long term, which is a very slow process, actually help accelerate the short term change. So Warren, right after you had the stroke and were in the emergency room, I remember one of the early things that I kept on thinking about was you were so close to releasing this podcast and it had meant so much to you. You had done many things in your life, but this was something you really dreamed about. And I felt so strongly that you were going to recover, you had to recover, and this podcast had to come out. Why was it so important for you to create Be Change? Well, I felt that there were two different kinds of change that are important to a leader. The first was uh, individual skills. That's the B part of B change. Things like uh, meditation, pausing, thinking, they're re really all being skills or being states of mind. And these are important because they're part of who, who a leader is and they strengthen your leadership abilities. The other piece is a list of um, components of change in the world. So things like seeing a system as a whole, negotiation, organizing, these are all the change skills. In my opinion, you can't have one without the other, or at least the first set of skills strengthens the second set of skills. Identifying and using your strengths is a being skill that's used to reinforce the change skills. So people who are involved in social justice from what you've said, need, you know, in order to succeed, need different types of skills. Right. Why were you excited about bringing about these two types of skills to social justice leaders? So I have a, a master's degree from Tufts University's Urban and Environmental Policy and Planning Program. And recently I uh, completed a certificate in positive psychology from the Whole Being Institute. And I noticed that the people in the programs, I, I didn't feel were talking to each other. The positive psychology program focused on individual skills like the ones I just mentioned, and the um, Tufts Urban and Environmental Policy Program tended to have a sort of a more systemic approach. So I was trying, initially trying to start a conversation with, between those two groups because I thought the being skills, what I'm calling the being skills of uh, positive psychology should be combined with the changed skills of urban and environmental policy and planning. You've said that as, as a metaphor for social justice activists, that, that many of them don't actually, even some of them don't even live to see the, the full fruits of their 
their activism. So given that that's a, a real possibility that, that people may see smaller achievements, but not the full impact that they're seeking, how does Be Change contribute to social justice leaders that have this, this long-term vision? Even if it was possible to see some of it accomplished in their lifetime, a lot of them may suffer burnout because it's so difficult to be a social justice leader. And, and as you allude to, a lot of them don't even see any significant change in their lifetime. So if you look at, for example, the women's suffrage movement, Susan B. Anthony did not live to see the day where women were able to vote. Um, and yet, if she hadn't participated in the women's suffrage movement, women probably would not have ever gotten the ability to vote or the right to vote. So, you know, everyone is contributing to the bigger picture, though they may not see it in their lifetime. And if they burn out, then there's really greatly lessened possibility to achieve what they uh, what they set out to do. And again, I think that's a, a being skill because... Replenishment is a key factor in accomplishing a goal. So you've mentioned that at the Welcome Project, the organization has been working to combine tools to overcome trauma, as well as tools to engage the constituents, uh, students and, and others in social change in the community. Can you share a little bit about what's being done to, to achieve this? I think the bridge between individual skills, positive psychology skills, and the systemic skills, the urban and environmental p policy and planning skills, there may be multiple bridges, but I, I first saw a bridge with uh, storytelling and narrative. So storytelling is used and narrative therapy is used for individuals recovering from trauma. And on the organizing side, Narrative and storytelling skills are often used in uh, trying to create a story around social change. So, for example, Marshall Gans, who is a uh, Harvard professor and was brought in by the Obama campaign in 2008 to provide support in the organizing of the voters that Barack Obama would need ultimately to win the campaign. We ran a program that I tried to use positive psychology and systemic change for immigrant youth. And their, their assignment was to create their own storytelling by using some of the Marshall Gans approach. The way it works is it's, it's the story of me, the story of us, and the story of now. That's the approach of Marshall Gans. And for some of these youth, this was the first time they ever tried to tell a story publicly. But... I remember a particular story of this woman. Her family had left Tibet and I think moved to India. Well, the story of me for her was how she was alone in this country because she was affected by her forced migration. And then the story of us was, as immigrants, broadening it, her experience was not unique. So she got people in the room, other immigrants engaged uh, the story of us. And then the story of now was actually uh, she brought with her a petition to have people signed for the rights of people from Tibet. And it was uh, very powerful. So let's try to loop back to your own experience, recently experiencing your own trauma and 
finally coming to the point where you're going to be launching your new podcast, Be Change. How will this, uh, the effect of your own journey impact this podcast? Well, I think it will deepen it and enrich it, but I think that I'll be exploring and will be exploring dimensions that I wouldn't have thought of. And also, since I have had this traumatic experience, it gives me more things for me to reflect upon. Is there anything about the experience you had having this traumatic um, incident and needing to go through this marathon of recovery? How does that impact your own thoughts about social change and, and your own role in it? That's a good question. Well, I think it highlights for me the importance of long-term commitment to change because even though I conceived of the podcast as having both elements, I too was a social change activist and um, I still think I am, but I, I'm more interested than ever before in the sort of private actions that I can take that will be useful for me personally in regaining my footing in the social change world. Well, Warren, it's been quite a pleasure to speak with you. <laughs> with you too. And I'm really excited to be with you on this journey and to be uh, finding other people that you'll be speaking to and bringing to the world and having them share their story. So I look forward to that. Me too. Thank you, Marcy. Thanks for joining us on the Be Change podcast. If you like the show, subscribe on whatever podcast player you are listening on and on our website, b-change.net. Please follow us on Facebook and share with your friends and colleagues. Thanks to our producer, John Consilio, and to our partners, Somerville Community Media and Boston Free Radio.